Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess. This is show number 55. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash callthatgirl. If you're new to the show, what I do on this show is I cover my weekly jobs from uh, my clients that call in for Microsoft Outlook, Exchange Migrations, and Office 365 Consulting. So what I do on this show is I try to review with you the issues I've had, how I fix things, and the drama that can happen, and I try to make it entertaining as possible. <laughs> this show today, uh, Mitch and myself, Mitch is my producer, we're going to test uh, recording it on camera and do an audio for the podcast and then putting it up on YouTube, because I know a lot of people love YouTube, and I'm trying to engage in that a little bit more. And I have a lot of stuff to talk about this week about social media things, so this is going to be quite a show this week, gang. I am going to review lots of the stuff I did last week, the crazy jobs I did, and a few uh, new uh, things that we're going to be working on. But before we get going, as usual, we got to thank our friends over at AppRiver for being the sponsor of the show. What I love about them the most is they are from Florida. They are 24-7, and uh, as a partner of theirs, I have my clients call them when I have, uh, excuse me, when they need help on nights and weekends and I'm not available. So they're kind of like a little partner for my IT work as well. And I know if you're out looking for a vendor, uh, it's, you know, you have to interview them sometimes to make sure that they're going to be able to do what you need. And um, for three and a, three plus years now, AppRiver has been doing it. So if you're out looking, make sure you give them a call or you can actually email uh, Steve Harris, my rep, and get, uh, he'll set you up with one of his, his sales reps. Harris at AppRiver.com. All right. So, I don't know. I, I, I think in the past few months, I kind of went through a funk. And the funk I went through was, you know, sometimes you can't tell why the funk happens, but I did notice that I had some dynamic changes with the business. I had a white label partner that closed up. Um, I've been working with some partners for the past few years, so that's an adjustment when the final white label partner actually closed up. I was like, okay, I am done using partners. I only want referral partners now. So in the past few months, I've been working on trying to find people to refer work to and hopefully earn a commission off those referral jobs. So I have a a lot of referral people in my pocket now because, you know, I'm kind of real specialized with the work I do and I don't want to, uh, you know, have to do everything and I don't want to know it all because I think that takes away from my specialist work I do. So I've got a few new people I've been talking to about that, but the funk, I, uh, I gotta say, I think is gone. I had a real exciting week. And the one thing I've, I've noticed is that when it's slow with business, I don't really get excited about marketing and doing the side work this and the stuff I do. And I, it's really hard for me to get excited when work is slow. And, you know, I think March was a busy month. April was starting to slow down. That's also the month I tried uh, raising my rates. It was a real awkward month. May, I got back in the game. And then June, you know, it ended real well. I mean, I think with the financials, I closed out at one of the better months I've had. And June, I didn't have any migrations, nothing big anyway. The migration work is, you know, usually one to $5,000. So I was like, yeah, I, was, I had a decent month without any big ones. No complaining there. But um, I, uh, I started noticing in the past few weeks that business was picking up. The calls I get in are sometimes just crazy. And they're not really sometimes like quick calls to fix, like one-hour jobs. I sold a lot of eight-hour prepaid tickets <laughs> because I've been learning my interview skills to, to tell people, well, we've got a few hours of work for this, but then aftercare and what are you going to do, you know, when, uh, when, you know, you need me afterwards. Oh, excuse me, guys. One sec. 
So the, the eight hour prepaid tickets are real nice sales for me because I generally get the big work done and then we keep the extra time for later. But um, anyway, so this show today, I'm going to talk about things I did while it was super busy and I got a lot done. <laughs> I couldn't believe how much I got done this week. So on a personal note, I am looking for a new place to live. I decided that I was over renting here and uh, I was like, man, it's just such a, uh, it's the house is too much for me. One person, I don't own it. So I've been showing my apartment, excuse me, showing my house, looking for apartments and the apartments I'm looking uh, at are like half hour away. And in Vegas, uh, you know, that you've got communities of areas and the one area I'm in is called Summerlin, which is really nice, but I'm looking to go towards more an urban feel, I guess, a little more downtown or the strip area. Not, not because I want to, you know, hang out on the strip. It's just a little more exciting, I think for me. <laughs> so I've been doing that. And then on my downtime on YouTube, I've been finding these mashup songs, which I just have to tell you the funniest one I've ever seen is this one by Iron Maiden and uh, the Beatle or the Monkees. It's called uh, the Trooper Believer. <laughs> if you get a chance, go check that out. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's an Iron Maiden song, the Trooper, mashed up with um, I'm a Believer. And I have watched it probably 50 times. It is just hilarious. And then I've also been watching a lot of the um, Lewis uh, Rossman videos. He's kind of got some uh, stuff brewing out on the internet with uh, all that end up not happening. But, you know, I've been watching his videos a lot and I like the guy. I do. I've been trying to, uh, a lot of his videos I don't really need to listen to. It's outside of my interest and my scope of work. But a lot of his day-to-day -day bullshit talking just cracks me up because he he he, uh, he says things he means he you know he doesn't fluff around stuff he swears a lot which I really like um, I don't swear as much as him on camera but I swear plenty behind the camera uh, at his level but you know he put out a video a few months ago and I want to talk about and, and it first it kind of ticked me off and then I was like I get it it was called um, hold on. Uh, IT specialist can suck my blankety blank. And I listened to about half of it and then I had to do the show here with Mitch, but you know, he was mad because the work he does is a big scope of work for clients, but the client had to call in and get a specialist for another uh, software piece. And the, the folks that were um, helping on the software piece needed some of their equipment and they didn't uh, leave it back in the right place. And he was getting mad and, you know, he was kind of ripping on him. But then I was like, well, look, Lewis, I'm a specialist and I have feelings too about some people. Let's call it that. And some of the things that, you know, frustrate me is when I have to take over a job because I'm called in to do my outlook work or whatever, sometimes the technicians don't do a good job. So it really gives me a lot more work too. And I think his biggest complaint was uh, he said, you know, they don't know enough. The specialists don't know enough to be helpful or something like that. And I'm like, well, the thing is, is that at least I know enough about windows because I used to be a general technician who did virus removals and, you know, driver updates and installations and data recovery and data transfers it's just not my cup of tea anymore, but I do have the basic skills. So when I do get into working with the client in Outlook, I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually a Windows issue. And so I know to either try to fix it myself, which I can do still, or I have to go call the client's technician and say, look, you guys got to do some of your work before I can do mine. And here's a classic example of why. Uh, this lady I was helping one day, um, she had 20 some gigs that we had to bring down from an exchange server and it was, uh, her outlook was having problems. Well, I was like, now why won't like 12 of the gigs come down? And then I look and I'm like, well, because her hard drive has no space on it. So that's a big deal. Now the tech did not look at that before I got the referral call, obviously, because I think if they would have cleaned out the data, the outlook email would have came down. So 
I don't know. So to me, I just went and cleaned up the computer. I just did the work myself. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, client, we need to move like 50 gigs of your data off so we can get this and then leave you some spare room so you can actually function. And then it turned out that both of her computers actually, both of them were out of hard drive space. So it was a big deal to clean this up. And not only that, but there was one drive connected that had 40 gigs in there that wasn't syncing. So it was actually like a three or four hour job. <laughs> so I kind of want to, in a way, thank the guy because it could have been a quicker job. But on the other hand, you know, the tech didn't do that job. Right. Didn't give her any hard drive space. It was a big mess. And um, so anyway, back to Lewis is, uh, you know, I am an IT specialist. I try to do my best, though, to help the clients. And so I hope he was uh, not referencing all specialists in that video, Lewis. But I have been watching his videos more, and I am very entertained by him. And uh, I, I, when I have downtime, I try to watch other techs on YouTube and listen to them and learn. He's actually got a real store, you know, out in New York. And uh, he's doing well for himself. Okay, then another thing I did in my downtime, which I haven't even talked about the work I did this week, is I've been spending um, quite a bit of time on LinkedIn doing some cleanup work. And you could probably are wondering what cleanup work would you have? Well, through all the years of being on LinkedIn, I have 70, oh, no, wait, let me look here. I think I got, I don't know, 8,000 contacts or something like that. Well, on LinkedIn, it's kind of like Facebook with the wall feed, you know, you can see other people's likes and things they share. So I've been on there basically unfollowing like 7,000 people. Uh, I unfollow probably 50 a day. I figured it was a, a, a job that would take a while for me to do. But the reason why I'm unfollowing all these people is because I really want to be able to see the people I want to follow. And it's just so much like, you know, 7,000 people, they're putting out data I can't, you know, I have to feel through all the junk, which, you know, of those 7,000 people, I probably know, you know, not that many because this was back in the heyday of excitement with LinkedIn, where we friended everybody in the world, you know, and those, that group called the Lions group, the LinkedIn online networkers. I mean, that's just a huge group in its own. So anyway, it's been really good for me to go through and unfollow all these people because I actually get to look at who they are. And sometimes I'm you know, like, oh. And I don't even know I was connected to that person. Excuse me. And I spend a little time looking at their stuff and then I unfollow them. And uh, it's been kind of like a nice recap of who's in my LinkedIn network. But I finally got it down to, I don't know, 50 to 100 people that I've been following. So now at least I can stay on top of things. And I've kind of made the people I'm following more like IT, my clients, um, special interest things, and uh, keeping that cleaned up. So if you're into social media takes the time sometimes to do that. Another thing I've been doing is working on my Facebook. Now, a lot, of, a lot of you folks out there have Facebook fan pages or you're a public figure or whatever. Um, my problems with Facebook stemmed back when I first started because I had my personal Facebook, which I was like, oh, yep, that at the time I was like, those are friends from college and high school and past co you know, past coworkers, whatever. And then I had a business Facebook, which was at the time, which I didn't know was against the rules. But basically, I just had so much going on with social media that I just wanted to keep them separate. And um, that page ended up getting like 4,900, 999 friends, and I was capped out. And this was before they had uh, the public figure and all that stuff. And um, I had a hard time keeping up with both the Facebooks. I'd get bored with one, I'd go the other. I hated my personal, I'd hate the business one. So finally one day I just decided to cut the cord and I moved the business one to a fan page. But I already had a fan page on LinkedIn. So I had two fan pages, one with like 5,000 some and the other one had 3,000. So for the past couple of years, I've had two fan pages which have been getting more and more likes through the last couple of years and then my personal. All right. So then over the week, I was like, okay, I'm really getting sick of having these two Facebook pages. So I decided to merge them. And I was pretty, you know, 
it was like uh, pulling the trigger. I just didn't know what would happen. So I, I clicked the merge to accounts button. And within like five, six minutes, I had it merged and I ended up having 9,900 and some likes. And I was like, sweet. And, and that was the account that I was a public figure on. So things change when you get to that level. You know, your wall feed there is totally different. Like you have to engage with people to get them to talk to you and to make it work. So I've put a lot of time in this weekend here into uh, learning about this Facebook group thing or fan page and how I'm going to start utilizing it for marketing more. And uh, now that I've seen the value, I've got an audience of 10,000 people almost. I'm like, now I got to start doing stuff. So maybe my videos will be up there more and talk to people and not just push, you know, blog entry, but actually make it more conversational because People can tell the difference whether you're out there pushing shit or if you're actually are trying to communicate. And I think I have to do more communication. Okay. So then I did that, got that done this week. And then I also uh, was working on the thought of maybe getting rid of my newsletters. Well, honestly, if all my people on my newsletters are clients, they're probably on Facebook or LinkedIn, right? So I was thinking about it. I'm spending how much right now? I'm spending a thousand bucks a year to pay constant contact for email newsletters. And I get a pretty good open rate. I've got about 6,000 people on the list. I'm like, you know, is there a better value for that thousand dollars a year? So I think I might remove the newsletters and just start telling my newsletter people to follow me on Facebook. Then I could put it out there and they can see it. But then you know how it goes. People have thousands of things in their feeds and might miss it. So I'm not hundred percent sure yet. We'll see. We'll see, but I got to think about that because I have only been sending out a newsletter like once every few months now, it's just not on my top priority anymore, but we'll see. And then let's see, I've been working on the YouTube. Now I've, like I said, in the last show, I've been getting more calls about uh, my YouTube videos, people, I've been checking them out. They're finding my blogs, which have videos in the blogs. So I've been like, well, how do I do more marketing with that? I think that's why I've been watching Lewis. uh, And I'm trying to watch some other people to learn from them with what they're doing because they're successful at it. And it's not the money in YouTube you make. For me, it's the marketing to the clients and to technicians. You know, I get a lot of calls from techs. They're watching YouTube videos. (laughs) So I've been working on up in the game there and that's all, that's a lot of work there as well. I mean, making these videos is a lot of work, editing and promoting and marketing. And uh, then I also went through my top 500 blogs on my website and I'm trying to change some of the detail work in the blog itself. Uh, I've got a blog out there that I've talked about in the show before. It's called Outlook Cannot Log On. It's one of my top ranking blogs because Outlook 2016 still breaks. (laughs) And the blog, I tell people how to fix it. Well, since August or so, I've been doing, uh, trying to update this blog. And it's very frustrating because really, the only answer is to just downgrade Outlook to 13, just to fix all the the problems that you're going to have in the future, which you're going to have. You are going to have problems no matter what. So this uh, test I did was I took that high ranking blog and I changed it to be, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you downgrade. And if you need my help, call me. I hate to say it, but there's 1300 people a month going to that blog. And I'm like, those could be clients. And before I tried giving detailed instructions and I was like, honestly, I, I, you know, I'm a tech blogger. I'm not out there for to give the world free advice for everything. And it's getting very sticky this 2016. So I really don't feel that uh, a humongous blog with all these things to try is to the benefit of a client trying to figure it out themselves. Because the biggest thing that can happen is uh, if I tell someone downgraded 2013 is they might lose all their stuff from 16. And that includes settings, OST files, and everything else. And I'm like, am I a good tech by telling somebody to do that? And then they get all their shit deleted? No, 
I'm better off saying downgrade, back up all your stuff. If you need my help, call me. So that's another thing I'm doing is cleaning up all my blogs that are not easy how to's because you got to remember people are out there trying to fix this themselves and then they find me and then they find the blog and then they want my help or they can give the answers I give. It's, I just don't want anybody to uh, lose all their stuff and then get mad, which I know we all Google and we all read people's forums and their fixes and things don't work. You kind of know it's your own fault because you know, you just read something free on the internet. Okay. So next up is, um, I actually hired a social media gal who by chance lives in Las Vegas, which was awesome, but we still meet on Skype. Of course, <laughs> there's really no need to meet in person, but she is out there going to be working on a lot of my social media for me now that I'm kind of excited again and a little bit more engaged. And um, so she's been kind of in practice and uh, her brother is a graphic artist. So they are going to be working on some new graphics for me for the day-to-day -day blogging and for the other stuff I do, which is really nice. Um, just little stuff, nothing big, but she actually, they work as a team. And so she'll be doing all that. That's been kind of fun getting re-engaged in my social media. I kind of took a break off it for a while because, you know, I was, I think sometimes when you think, it's slow. You don't have the excitement to market. Then you get, you know, you should be marketing then actually because it's slow, but I've learned that I get more excited when I'm busy with work and I have a lot going on. Okay. So I got her going and then I'm working with uh, Matt Rodella uh, and him and I, or Matthew Rodella and him and I are working on a project together. We're working on this uh, video uh, training called uh computer business breakthrough. And what we did, and we haven't really announced it, you know, hundred percent, but uh, we started doing some test, um, test uh, sales and we got, you know, a handful of people, a good amount, and we sold those to them. And we are recording 10 uh, video sets on things we learned about how to uh, niche out of general computer repair and into our specialized work. Matthew is a WordPress expert now. I'm an Outlook expert. We both were general break fix techs in the past. So now we're like, hey, we're niching out and we're going to help others do it as well. Well, he was off for a couple of weeks. So in those two weeks he was off, I was in video mode. So I went and finished my Outlook training videos. They are 100% done. Two years in the making with these suckers and I finally got them done. Okay. So I'm very, very happy. Um, I have a guy named Robert, who's my uh, video editor. So he's now finishing up the last final one called email management. And once that's ready, I'm going to put it on the testing block and I actually bought a domain for it. And I'll announce that when they're ready to you folks. My goal is for technicians to that technicians that aren't aware of everything about outlook that just want to get to know it better and they'll watch the videos and go, okay, awesome. I learned more about Outlooks. Now when I help my clients, at least I know the little things, right? And then um, I'm hoping that if they want to earn some money, they can resell my videos through an affiliate program. So like uh, they could put it in the newsletters. Look, I know this girl who sells these training videos and they click on a link and then they get an affiliate payback from that. That's my goal. We'll see how that goes, but I'm kind of trying to figure out some stuff there. Oh, I got my phone ringing here. Hold on. Okay. So anyway, um, so that's what I'm kind of hoping is a way for text to not have to train Outlook themselves and, you know, make some money off selling the videos to a, a trusted, from a trusted person. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Okay, then I ran into some, oh, they keep calling me back. There we go. Now that I'm on video, I just gotta roll with it. Okay, so um, next up is I've been trying to meet other experts, right? And the thing is I need to meet other experts because the scope of work is getting a little bit out of hand for me here. So one guy I met is a SharePoint expert. I think I've met three now. I mean, it's really getting, 
kind of uh, like I'm finding them, but the problem is I need to find the ones that can work with my clients. And a lot of these guys still only want like the uh, big project work, like two to $4,000. And I just can't, I can't work with guys like that because it's too much. I need the people that are like, yeah, I, my clients want like a four or five hour job and they're willing to pay bigger money just to get what they need done. And so I think I found another fellow that actually can do that kind of work, which will be nice. Um, I met another lady through the Facebook groups that does Google apps. So I would like to refer her more work. I did send her a test client uh, with uh, 30 users and they're going to um, hopefully she'll win that project over and then I can start giving her Google apps stuff because I just, frankly, I only move people to exchange, not to Google apps. And I would never do that. That is just not what I would do. And then I worked with my guy down in the Philippines. Remember I talked about him. He's the former military guy who uh, married a sweet lady down there. And so he's a retired uh, military, uh, I think coast guard or Navy. Um, he's looking for work. So I've been trying to find some good technical jobs for him to work on that I uh, have a lot of value for my clients and my business. And I've got him working on some custom forms for Outlook, which is to me a very uh, a, a nice value add for clients that use contacts. They want things customized. They have a big group of people. They have an exchange server and they just want a custom form. They don't need a CRM system. They just want a custom form maybe. And uh, Jared and I are working on that and we're almost done with our first uh, phase ready to launch. I have a couple test clients. That's going to be very nice. That will be very nice, actually. I got two of those and I've also got Jared doing some SEO projects. So if you folks remember, I wrote a little book called Call That Girl's Guide to SEO for WordPress. Excuse me. And Jared uh, has been using it and uh, he's updated all of his websites to the SEO I've done and he's seen traction. So at this point I was like, okay, I'm going to now start giving him some of my SEO jobs because, you know, for, for what uh, his rate of pay is, I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. And he likes it. So I'm like, bye-bye, he can do it. So I set up some new, some new projects for him for that and he'll be busy with that so if any of you guys are looking for a referral just to do some seo for wordpress work and use my book he's your guy okay then <laughs> we're still not done i got a few new guests lined up i think i told you last show i got uh the guy down in australia who's an exchange uh pro and he's got his own podcast and his name is paul cunningham uh, I got to go find him on LinkedIn here. I just friended him. Paul Cunningham, he does a podcast show. He's written some books. And him and a few of his fellow friends, which I've been just now that I'm following him, um, finding out that they're in a pretty big tech group. Um, I think they all wrote this book together. I forgot. I don't know the exact name of the book, but I've been just trying to follow some of the people that he's involved with it, with this book. And these guys are some pretty big hitters in the Office 365 world. Way bigger than me. <laughs> but um, he'll be on next week. Uh, I don't think we're going to do it live, but we are going to record on video, uh, just like you're seeing me now. And uh, he's a writer, speaker, key for Microsoft, uh, Exchange Server and Office 365 specialist. And his website is exchangeserverpro.com. And he is, like I said, down in Australia. He's next week. And then after that, I've got Brian Mayo from Dynamic Alliance uh, from Connecticut up after him. Brian Mayo is a tech nibbler, ye old stone cat. So if you've ever followed him on tech nibble, he has some like, he, the, the guy can write. And he's so awesome that I can't wait to get him on camera and talk to him because you ask a simple question on tech nibble, the guy will type out, you know, four or five paragraphs of answers. Then, the, and it just makes you wonder how is he even doing that? And plus he runs a very successful business. So I'm very happy. He's agreed to be on the show so we can um, pick his brain a bit. 
what he's been doing is Office 365 reselling uh, is from the MSP level. So the, it'll be really good to get his take on it because as far as I know, he doesn't do the break-fix side like I do. And that'll be really nice to uh, to hear how he does his sales and his uh, migrations, aftercare, and how he deals with stuff. And he already wrote me back a huge list of answers to the prep questions. So we'll be ready for that. That is on the 25th. So that'll be out in a couple weeks. Then I'm trying to wrangle in a guy from BitTitan, um, the, which I use their migration was tool, which I've been using a lot more of, which I think a lot of techs, you know, are using. I used to, you know, I still do migrations by hand, but you know, the, the tool is super nice and I've been using it more. So, you know, what the, what the migration was, if you're not familiar with it, it basically does the migration of the data in the cloud. And it's not for everybody, but it is nice with Google Apps to Exchange. It's nice for IMAP to Exchange. Um, you know, if you can, uh, if, if IMAP or Exchange mostly to Office 365 Exchange, it works really great. I haven't tested it with the POP, but I got to tell you that most of my POP clients have like, you know, most of their stuff is not, not on the POP server. It's all in PST files. And I just would rather do that manually anyway. So I'm not going to be doing that with that, but hopefully he'll be on the show. Hope. And then finally, I've got a guy from App River that's in the SharePoint department. And I want to get him show to talk about the stuff that uh, what App River and the SharePoint can offer to clients. Because, you know, I got to tell you, SharePoint is starting to get in my feel good area a little bit. And the reason is, is because this fella from App River Give me a little tip on a tool that I think I'll talk about next show because I want to kind of dedicate a whole. Um, I want to dedicate a whole piece to this because I'm in testing right now. There's a tool out there that plugs in with Outlook, and that's the missing piece my clients really wanted was they wanted to go to Outlook, hit attach a file, and get it from the SharePoint server. And with SharePoint and the mapping being broken. It's, it's been real challenging and people or the clients are like, what's the point? I don't want to be in the cloud in the internet browser doing it. And I, I agree. People like using the desktop applications. So this, um, this tool I'm testing, it's working out pretty good. I have a client this week I'm going to test it with. They know they're beta testing it for me. But if they happen to uh, get it to function how it is, then I'm going to talk about it on another show for you folks. And I'm going to affiliate market that just to let you know. You'll click on a link, you buy it, I get paid to help market it. No, no lie in there. I will be affiliate marketing it for sure. <laughs> okay. Whew. And let's see what else. So this week, now that is, that was just my week without even talking about jobs. So now this week or this past week, I had four jobs that kind of just would never end. And some of them still are in progress. The first job I had was a client called in on Sunday and said, I need you as soon as possible. Apparently share or excuse me, Salesforce is not supporting 2016 anymore. I'm like, what do you mean anymore? I mean, haven't they done it? It's been out for a year. Well, Apparently the plugin that they bought does not work. Now there's the sheriff or excuse me, there's the Salesforce regular that I think should work with 16. I think that they bought a certain plugin or component that does not work with 16 because I Googled it to death. SharePoint does support 16, but then she was telling me, no, we've got this extra, extra thing. So they have to be rolled back. Well, she's got, tons of employees and half of them can't use the Salesforce thing. They all have to get rolled back and she's got to go buy all the new software, which is a pain. And it is because remember if people are buying standalone outlook 2016, you have to go buy the downgrade. And as far as I've ever heard, Microsoft will not downgrade you for free. If they do, congratulations. I've never heard that though. But I mean, it isn't that expensive. So, I mean, you could probably save the license for something else or for whatever else you need. But uh, it was kind of disappointing to her because she really needs everything to function for her business to, to roll. So anyway, um, 
her computer was actually one of them. And I was like, oh my God, when I remoted in, I found all these errors popping up and all these things that she's like, oh, I've been just clicking okay. And I'm like, well, we could fix that, but you've got some serious IMAP issues, honey. <laughs> I mean, she had, uh, I think, 19 gigs trying to sync on an IMAP uh, server uh, through Outlook 2016, I think. So that's still too much on an IMAP, 19 gigs. I mean, I exchange, sure, but not IMAP. And so this whole week, I've had to ask her to move folders out of her inbox. I, and I had to back it up. And then, of course, because I get nervous, you know, before you remove any account out of Outlook now, 2013 or 16, you definitely want to back up everything, contacts, calendars, notes, reminders. And uh, then you can try to remove the account if it'll let you. And it did let me yesterday after six days. I mean, it took a while to, to, to get that IMAP figured out. But uh, finally, I felt safe on pulling the plug on it. I got her new fresh download with only, I think, eight gigs. So she had 11 gigs of data corrupted on the Outlook. So that's why I kind of knew something was wrong. Because first of all, Outlook just doesn't awesomely sync 19 gigs. It just doesn't. It doesn't at all. So uh, we got it down to a clean, clean amount, uh, eight gigs, which will sync nicely. It's on the border of being scary, but it'll sync. But that's why I think we have to move her to exchange at some point for anyway, for what she needs. But then also this week, I had another client who I love working with, but he had a little email problem. He got locked out of an email account. And um, he needed the data since before the lockout happened. So we've been actually doing a lot of data recovery and rescue and, you know, mission type stuff because he had multiple computers with data all over the place. And, um, and it worked out nice. Uh, I got all the data backed up. I've been using a new tool called Kernel, which I know a lot of techs already know about this. Hold on. It's called the Kernel... Uh, let's see. It's by a company called Nucleus Technologies. Um, it's an OST to PST converter. Uh, I've actually used it in the past, but here's why I didn't use it first. Stellar used to have a great tool. Not so much anymore. The Stellar company, as much as I enjoy working with them, their, their product is starting to fail. Um, you download it. You run the scan, you see the data, and even if you go buy it, you cannot activate the license. And if you do, sometimes you get errors. And with my last client, I couldn't even export the data because they actually said, well, you need Outlook 64-bit and blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, the client has the right Outlook with the right bit. We're not going to downgrade. We're not going to do what you guys say. In fact, I want a refund for the client, and I'm going to go try the kernel Kernel worked like, like a charm. I mean, I, I just, you know, I guess I'm not showing loyalty to Stellar anymore because the last four times I've tried working with their product, I've had activation issues or, you know, I've had problems, let's just say, with their product. And their support people are great, but I can't spend two hours trying to fix software at the rate I am billing clients. No can do. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So anyway, the kernel data recovery folks, uh, I've signed up for an affiliate plan with them. And hey, you get your own affiliate plan because I'm selling to my clients. I can earn a few bucks by clicking on a link. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Then I had another client this week that had a uh, interesting issue. She was using the same program I use. It's called VCDA for scheduling. And when you, when you have to set up the uh, link for the VCDA program to read your calendar, the time zone was coming up like eight hours in the past. Now, her outlook showed it fine, but her online program would not. And I was like, that's funky, you know? So we looked all over the computer, the outlook, the online, Office 365. We could not find a glitch at all. 
So uh, EpRiver actually took it to Microsoft, which is why I love them. I didn't have to do any of this. And they worked on it for a week. And uh, no answer. Microsoft really didn't know what was wrong, which that can happen. It was a very unique problem. So at that point, EpRiver said, well, look, why don't we try a new mailbox? Because maybe the calendar was corrupted or whatever. And um, fair enough, it all worked after that. After a week of trying back and forth, we got it to work. But then, of course, I went and fucked it up. Not intentionally, but the client was like, well, look, some of the, some of the calendar items didn't come over in the migration because AppRiver used MigrationWiz. So I said, oh, well, let me just go to your old calendar I backed up and let's just import that right on in. <laughs> yeah, let's just go import in all that corrupted data, right? Okay, so uh, I laugh because now that's what it turned out to be was corrupted data. So apparently MigrationWiz strips out corrupted data, which I didn't know, that's awesome. In fact, I might use that in the future for just fixing corrupted calendars. But anyway, after we imported it back in, the corruption happened again. And I had to call back AppRiver and say, uh-oh, we have a problem. So we're doing a third migration uh, on it, which I had to do. And we didn't know that. So unfortunately, her other stuff in the calendar, we're not putting it back in again. And uh, she should be fixed on Monday. But let me just tell you that I, I did not know that and I learned it and I liked it. <laughs> Corrupted calendar, that's what that was. And the thing is, you know, in, in Outlook in the calendar, there's no place to really find the corruption. You have to sometimes cherry pick and go through the whole thing, which I've had to do before. I've had to do that. All right, and then let's see, I had one other long job. Um, talked about her, him. Ooh, let me see my notes. Where am I? Lost. Um, <laughs> I think I'm, I, I talked about the main ones. Um, I had another IMAP issue this week. Uh, I'm getting a few more of these now when people, uh, they call and say, I can't send or I can't receive. It's usually, um, one or the other. Okay. So what I do simple fix is I log in and I start hauling out email. I feel like the garbage lady. I go to the sent items, I move out email there. I go to the deleted, I move that out to a special PST folder as well. Sometimes I put them in the same one. And eventually it starts working. That job was about an hour just to just to move stuff and I do my spot checks and make sure things right. But uh, it really, you know, my hours, my minimum is an hour anyway, but that's what it was. But uh, I can't say I complain about those jobs. They're pretty easy. In fact, I only talked to the client on the phone for like five seconds. But I had her, and then I had um, that other lady. I cleaned up all those OneDrive messes. And you know the thing is about OneDrive is that it's the reason why hers never synced is a lot of techs have complained about this OneDrive thing is that it has so many deep folders, right? So she had like eight folders deep. And then one of the files was super long and I think it was an older one too, but I tried to sync it just to see what would happen. And no, it wouldn't sync. So at that point I had to take all the data off the OneDrive, match it up. And then I deleted OneDrive and then makes me nervous, but the OneDrive actually gets permanently deleted after that to get rid of that thing. Because otherwise it sits in your file explorer, like a big old bug. And I hate looking at it. I know it's wasting space and everything else. So bye-bye. OneDrive was gone. And then I had this week a uh, fellow, a fellow tech friend of ours call and say, Lisa, I'm doing a quick setup and I'll look for a client. I can't get her contacts to show in the address book. I was like, oh, that's weird. So let's go look at it. And I looked at it. I tried a few things. I could not get it to work. I was like, this is weird. He was on 2016. So I said, well, 2016 has bugs in it that we don't know about. So maybe we should try downgrading to 13. And of course, the, the poor guy was uh, 
on a Wi-Fi card in his truck driving, and this tech friend of mine is remoted into that computer that's in uh it's in a truck driving. So we had the slowest internet possible. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh once he was done, he'd have a better outlook anyway. But then the address book wouldn't show up again. And from the context, and I was like, okay, this is baffling me. So send me a copy of it. And I tried opening it in my outlook and it won't come down. And I said, you know what? I think the export is corrupted from wherever you got it from. And so we went to the client's webmail and the webmail, it uh, was old. I mean, it was like an old, old one. And uh, went up there and did an export. And he, the tech had said, well, I did this one first. I go, let's go try the Outlook 2003 version just in case. I mean, whatever. There you go. That fixed it. Uh, so I was kind of like, now I know. I learned the lesson the hard way and, and my tech friend is now happy because his client will be happy. But uh, it was kind of a bummer to find out that the export was bad after all that work. <laughs> oh, well, at least we fixed it. Right. All right. And then I had another call this week from a guy with Google apps. Uh, now, you know, with Google apps, a lot of people don't know that you can get all the mail from Google apps. Some people just like the one gig. That's the minimum. But if you want it all, you can go down to the, uh, the taskbar, right-click on the Google Apps thing, and go to uh, Limit Options, I think it's called, and you can set it to be unlimited. And that's going to take a full time to get it down, and after that, all the email will be down. Well, the client called and said, no, I don't really want all my mail off the server in Outlook. I just want the one gig, but I'm having a problem because every time – I launch Outlook, I can hear my hard drive spinning and it sounds like it's going to take off like a plane. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? He was like, I don't know. So I started looking at it and he's like, well, I've actually Googled this, Lisa, and it says I have to go and do stuff in the registry. I go, no, I don't hack the registry ever. I mean, on occasion I do, but it's rare. I started looking at it and I noticed that when I fired up his Outlook in the Google apps, the, actually, the notes was not synchronizing. It was at the very far left of the little green bar, right? And I'm like, all right, so that looks like something. And he goes, well, I've Googled that. And I go, all right. So I looked it up, and it basically says it was, there's an issue, it's corrupted, and do all these registry fixes. And I was like, okay, I'd rather start with trying something easy. He goes, should we reinstall? I go, yeah, let's try that first. So what I always tell people is the, the install could go bad with Google Apps or the config is weird. Um, try reinstalling it, reboot, reinstalling it, and see if that still happens, and then we might have to go in the registry. And I don't know about you guys out there listening, but I always back up the registry first no matter what I do, which I already did for him because at least you can go restore that if you need to. And, uh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that was, was not a difficult job, but it's not done yet. Okay, and then I had one other lady. Um, you know, I think I talked about this last show. They they uh, bought five hours of training from me, and it was supposed to be Outlook training, and I, I giggle when I say this because I was like, oh, yeah, let's get each person personally trained. We'll do the calendar, contacts, and and the first hour I helped the guy, he dove right into the SharePoint. Like, let's just get right on SharePoint. And I was like, oh, man, if I would known you guys wanted this SharePoint and OneDrive training, I maybe went to sold it. But there is a saving grace here. So him and I spent an hour. I showed him what SharePoint could do that I was aware of and what it couldn't do. And he was very happy. Then... Uh, I told him, look, let me do some research because really what he wanted was people to see SharePoint on their phones and their iPads. So I was like, well, let me go look at some options for the mobile devices. And I found a solution. I emailed it to him and said, look, I think we could try this and we'll see how far we get. That was now put aside for a little bit. His assistant puts in a request for her hour and she had some like general questions and then poof, right away. Let's jump into SharePoint. I'm like, okay. 
I just talked to your boss. We got to do some testing. But I found a new product. Remember the one I was telling you about earlier? I said, I found a new product that I think will probably work good, but I need to test it this weekend and go beat it up a little bit. And then me and you can make another appointment. I think she felt like she had to use the whole hour up, which I was kind of like, you don't have to use the whole hour with me, you know, whatever. Well, let's talk about OneDrive then. I go, nope, we're not going to talk about OneDrive until we work on the SharePoint. A lot of people think that uh, One OneDrive is just this like quick little thing to talk about. I mean, I get this all the time. People call and say, it's a big mess. Yes, if you got a couple hours, let's sit and talk about OneDrive. It's just not like a quick thing. I actually sell, uh, you know, migrations in eight minutes. That's easy. But to go actually show someone SharePoint and then go do something and to do some testing, it's an hour or two. It's not easy. And it's it's configuring. And I mean, I wouldn't say two hours. It probably would take me an hour. But so anyway, I think, you know, she was being sweet and trying to take advantage of her hour. But unfortunately, I was like, look, I'm going to give you this product that's going to kick some ass for you, lady. So let me get back to you once I get that done, because I want more people to use this product. I want, I want to set it up and configure it and train them. I mean, that's a good goal for me. I've been turning down Office 365 work for two years because of that SharePoint don't work. My God, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. Okay, now let me see what else I got here, folks. And I don't want to miss anything. Uh, okay, one last thing here. So a lot of techs out there are selling Google Apps or Exchange, right? So one thing I told this guy this week is here's a good trick to know what the best platform is for the right client. And web designers should really listen to this because they all tend to put people up on Google Apps, which to me is really not the best solution for some people. So this is kind of an old trick, okay? If a client uses Outlook and it's like their bread and butter and they have an iPhone, Exchange is the best product, okay? It just works best and it works smooth and, and pretty much seamlessly. If a client likes being on the browser and has an Android, then Google Apps is their answer, okay? So if you put someone on uh, Outlook that has Google Apps and an Android, that is okay, but then they have to have the plugin, right? You know, so I mean, that's the, the thing that a lot of people don't know is this plugin pops up every single time and has to synchronize and it always is kind of always there. And the exchange doesn't have that plugin and doesn't pop up and do that. So that's my little tip. If people have Outlook and an iPhone, put them on exchange. If they are, if they like being on the browser and Android, put them on Google Apps. All right, gang, I think that's a longer show than last time. Uh, Just remember to to watch for the next few shows. I got all the guests. I'm very excited. I got the testing with the the new SharePoint product. That's exciting. And my Outlook training videos are coming out soon, too. So that's it, folks. I think I'm going to close the show here. Um, This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thanks to our sponsor, AppRiver, and Podbean for hosting. If you have a story you'd like to share or want to be a guest, email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. You can always check out my shows at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. Here you go, folks. See you next week.